With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair speak special edition. Uh, it's a crazy day in the NBA. I'm asleep. I'm getting mentioned on Twitter, mentioned on Facebook. Why? Because news gets out coming out of New York that Phil Jackson it's no longer going to be running the Knicks operation. So I'm like, oh, all right, this is cool. This is cool. You know what I mean? Big news coming out of New York City, so why not? Later in the day, I'm at work. I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. I get a tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski. I can never say his name right. Chris Paul's going to Houston. I'm like, yo, what's, like, what's going on here? Like, 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 what the hell is going on out here? So it, I, I, I'm, I'm so confused and I'm so baffled that I couldn't do this live without some assistance. So with that said, I wanted to bring on the host, my, my sparring partner, Justin Lee, host of the Above the Rim podcast, the Above the Rim show, the host of Above the Rim, to come on and kind of make sense of this whole thing with me. So my brother, Justin Lee, what's really good, man? Yo, my man, Chubb, what's really going on, man? I'm, I'm, I'm hurting right now, man. I'm hurting. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. I'm perplexed. I'm, I, I'm confused. I'm not gonna lie to you. I talk a lot about Chris Paul. I had him leave at L.A., but I didn't see this whole Houston thing coming about. Can, can you make sense of this for me, man? Ah, uh, make sense of it in which way? I can make good sense of it and bad sense of it because. All right. Pros and cons to both sides of this trade. You know what? Let, let's get the cons out of the way first, man. Let, let's talk about the cons to this trade. Okay. Cons for the Clippers or the cons for the Rockets? Of course the Clippers. Clip City, Chip City. Of course the Clippers. Oh, man. First of all, let me let me put this on wax right now. Clip City, Chip City is over right now. Clip yeah. City, Chip City is over. The orchestrator, the architect of Lob City is now right. gone. So when you look at Lob City right now, when you look at first of mm-hmm. all, let's let's go with DeAndre Jordan. First of all, without right. Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan is basically Javel McGee, basically. Pretty much, pretty much loses. I mean, he he's a big body on the defensive end, can rebound and block shots, but on the offensive end, he will be a non-fact. He cannot post up for mm-hmm. his life, so he will be gone. And what they're missing the most out of Chris Paul on the Clippers is leadership. Chris True. Paul on the court, on the court was the extension of Doc Rivers, the extension of Doc Rivers. And I say that to say this, that was the main reason why he's leaving. And the main reason you know, why he was leaving is because of – go ahead. Are you, you're talking about DeAndre Jordan, man. And I'm like, they had a whole powwow to keep this guy two years ago, and now Chris Paul oh, is leaving like yeah. a thief in the night. Like what, like what part of the game is this? Listen, that perplexed me today. They went so hard to keep DeAndre Jordan, to keep that right. intact. And to me, 
the best pairing out of the two had to be DeAndre and Chris Paul if I was if I was the front office rather than DeAndre and Blake Blake Griffin if they decide if he decides mm-hmm. to resign. To me, DeAndre and Chris Paul were a perfect pairing, offensive defensive combo at the front line and in, in your backcourt. Startup defense is Chris Paul, which is seven time all, all NBA all defense. So True. I mean it 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 perplexed it perplexes me as to why honestly it doesn't perplex me in the way because I can see the reason why Chris Paul is going to Houston. I can see the reason why. So you let me know when you want me to get started on there. <laughs> oh man. You know, I'm reading I'm reading the tweets, I'm reading the Facebook mm-hmm. posts. The natural reaction mm-hmm. that I'm seeing across the board is, is that this isn't going to make sense. Uh, Harden and, and CP3, they can't coexist. They're too ball-dominant. Mm-hmm. All the sports cliches mm-hmm. that you keep hearing. But I'm like, if we've learned anything over the past years watching the league, is that most of these good teams now have two primary ball handlers. So why couldn't exactly. James Harden and Chris Paul work out? Exactly. You hit it right on the money, Jaws. You hit it right on the money. What's Who's to say that you can't have two primary ball handlers on your squad at one time? Who's to say? And when you look at a D'Antoni-led offense, a pace-of-space, run-and-gun-style offense, Chris Paul honestly is the quintessential point guard for that style of offense, a la Steve Nash, as we know. And we all True. know James Harden, James Harden, first and foremost, is a scorer playing guard last season. But he's a scorer first and foremost. So any way you can have him allowed to be off the ball on a couple of possessions, on many possessions, that's a win for James Harden. So I can see why he wanted Chris Paul on his team. I mean, the Rockets are getting basically, in my in my opinion, the best floor orchestrator in the league, the best floor general in the league. They Absolutely. they know that Chris, they know that CP3 will get you the ball when and wherever you want it on the floor. He will make everyone's job easier. So I understand the appeal from the Rockets standpoint. Do you agree? So I, I I agree because I kind of see that the league right now is trying to catch up to the Cavaliers. They're trying to absolutely catch up to the champion Warriors. So you have to have parts to compete with that level of basketball. My concern is when I look at what D'Antoni has done as a coach throughout the league, New York, L.A., Phoenix, he's never been able to feature two high-end superstars anywhere he's been. It's always been an issue. Like, it's, it's only room for one ball handler. So if there's only one drawback to this whole deal is, is that will there be a mutiny or will because Daytona's notoriously stubborn. So I'm sitting back like, is he gonna find a way to make this work with the both of them or, or these both of those guys are high Q ball players. So I, I guess I'm they're mm-hmm. gonna figure out who wants to go first, who's gonna go second, who's gonna run the offense. Is that gonna be a player decision or do you think Daytona has what it takes to blend both of those guys' talents together? I definitely think he has what it takes to blend it together. And like you said, you already touched on it. The fact that the high IQ, James Harden has an extremely high high IQ as well as Chris Paul, one of the biggest high IQs in the league. And maybe Ooh. one of the best of all time in, in I, Paul, he knows how to run a set. He knows how to run an offense. And if you think about it, sometimes on occasion, I watch every single Clipper game, and sometimes the Clippers offense held him back at times. There are many times Very that true. Chris Paul wanted to wanted to run, and he didn't have the pieces and the assets to run with them. In Houston, that's all they do is running, gun, shooting threes. That is a dream for a point guard like Chris Paul, in my opinion. It's Absolutely. a dream for him. A dream, right, so a dream and then you have the scorer. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we're discussing the pros uh, uh, of this trade. 
What yes, about the cons for the Rockets? What about the cons for the Rockets, bro? Like we we there has to be a oh, drawback somewhere with this trade. Of course, of course. And the main con for me, the main con for the Rockets for me is time of possession. Last okay. year, if you look, James James Harden ranked first in the league in time of possession. CP3 mm-hmm. was seventh in the league with time of possession. If mm. you look at the Rockets, if they keep this roster as presently constructed, which I'm not sure they're going to do, you have two main ball-dominant players, right? And right. the problem will be there might be a little bit of a stagnation between CP3 and Harden, meaning mm. that one person might be stuck in the corner at times and be more of a spot-up three-point shooter. That's Very not necessarily CP3 strength, nor is it James Harden's strength. So I think at times that may be an issue for the Rockets. But I honestly don't see that much of a con. I mean, I feel like in my mind, if stars are willing to sacrifice, anything can work, to be honest. Anything yes. can work. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's mm-hmm. what people are missing here. Everybody's jumping out the window to be armchair quarterbacks or armchair NBA coaches. And they're not thinking about the fact that these guys are willing to come together. It was a conversation had. Like, we saw the reports. This thing was moving yep. fluidly last night. Harden was the one pushing yep. for Chris Paul. So if James Harden is pushing for Chris Paul, it's not like Daryl Morey made the trade and said, yo, you two figure it out. James Harden is like, mm-hmm. yo, I want this guy on my team. So the superstar exactly. of the Rockets, and second year MVP votes to saying, I want the point guard on my team. It's evident that he's already thought of scenarios to where this can work for the both of them. And I feel like everybody's missing that, man. And I'm like, yo, come on. Like, this, this, this trade makes sense. Exactly. It does. It, it does make sense. At first, I mean, I'm a little salty because I am a Clipper fan, but honestly, it really does make sense for Chris Paul. Also, Job, if you look at last year um, in the, the semifinals against the Spurs, mm-hmm. if you look at that mm-hmm. game six of how hard it looked burnt out to me, I mean, he did do an ultimate choke job, but he, but he was honestly burnt out at the end of, at the end of that series. Because when you have Kawhi guarding you all series long, you're going to get burnt out eventually. You need a secondary playmaker. You need an orchestrator, someone else who can get shots for the other players on the team. So, And why not get the one of the best in the business? You have two of the best in the business right now on your squad. What is one thing and, that teams usually lack? Playmakers. playmakers. Yes. Yes. Playmakers. And when you think about the fact that this guy, James Harden, was running pick and rolls like nobody's business, all year yeah. long into the playoffs, that means that you have the ball in your hand that much. Like you said, I believe you said he was, what, first in time of possession? And it's like if, yep. if the first pick-and-roll action doesn't work, they usually bring it back around again. Then they try to run it again. And if that breaks down, yep. he isolates, has to get to the rim, pull up three, three-throw line. He's doing a lot for the offense. Sometimes James Harden wants to be able to stand in the corner and let somebody else do it. They brought Lou Williams in, exactly. and he's not that guy. Eric Gordon is mm-hmm. not that guy. He needs someone else who can take that pressure. Uh, and James Harden, when he played with Westbrook and KD, he was pretty deadly as a catch-and-shooter as well. So why not? He's already had the experience of sharing the spotlight. So why wouldn't he be able to exactly. do that? Exactly. And even exactly. further, exactly. we spoke about this on the, Abo- on, Bo- on the Above the Rim podcast, Above the Rim show, Above the Rim, best NBA show going right now. Yo, <laughs> the Golden State Warriors have problems with teams that have multiple players in the backcourt or just on the wing that puts pressure on them. Yes. If, if you yes. only have one, you have no shot. But if you have two guys on the perimeter who can make plays, you make life difficult for the Warriors. Even if they beat you, they earn their victories. 
So why not add that second component in a Chris Paul to go with James Harden? Because now you can't focus on your defense on one guy. You have to account for two. So why not make the trade? To me, this trade makes sense on too many levels to bash it. But let's go back to LA. Yes. Let's go back to LA real quick. What about the pros for the Clippers? Can you find a pro in making this deal somewhere? A pro for the Clippers? Uh, I've, I've seen none. Honestly, I've seen none. The only, the only pro I can see is that they're allowing Blake Griffin now, if he resigns, come the focal point of the offense. And if you look at Blake Griffin, he's, he's definitely turning into a prototypical, uh, basically a, a four, basically a, like a Lamar Odom type, a Lamar right. Odom style, where he can control the offense from the high post, from the mid post, and then everyone else, the shooters, can spread around him. But the fact is, we still don't know if Blake Griffin is going to resign, and we still True. don't know what shooters, what shooters they will put around him. Because right now, I mean, you can't rely on Austin Rivers to be a absolutely. You can't rely on Wesley Johnson. Give me a break. Absolutely, not. Lou Williams can't do it. No, Patrick yeah, Beverly. Yeah, no, they have no point guard Patrick, right now. None at all. So I don't really see the pro in this for the Clippers. But honestly, Clippers, the Clippers weren't in a position where they didn't really have a choice. This wasn't really a, a quote-unquote trade as the way they're loving to report it right now. It was basically a signing trade where Chris Paul is telling them, listen, I'm leaving, so it would be in your best interest to get some assets back in return for my services. He basically threw them a bone in a way. If you look at yeah, it. he did him a solid on the way out. I respect that. I respect that yeah. 100%. What about these reports about the feud with Doc Rivers and CP? As a fan, you want is there any truth to that rumor? Did you see anything that might lead you to believe that the issues with Austin Rivers and so on and so forth and the lack of the mellow trade could yeah. be true? Or you think this is just rumors to drum of interest? I think part of that is true. I'm not buying the rumors that CP3 was a bit uh, upset about Austin Rivers coming to the team, the favoritism part of Doc Rivers. I don't honestly believe that at all. But I do believe that CP3 was visibly upset with Doc Rivers not acquiring Melo at the deadline. You know, as you know me, Joel, I was a big advocate for Melo coming to L.A. I've been saying it all year. We needed him out there in L.A. And that deal, if that's true, what they put on the table, Paul Pierce, Austin Rivers, and I believe Jamal Crawford for Carmelo Anthony, I honestly believe that was true. I believe that deal was on the table from the Knicks side mm-hmm. because they wanted to go. And I believe Doc Rivers probably did feel that trade because he didn't want to lose a quote-unquote Young asset in Austin um, Rivers, but come on, give me a Listen, break. Phil Jackson was offering Mello for a bag of pralines from the corner vendor on 34th Street in Manhattan, and they turned the deal down. <laughs> come on, exactly. that's why come Jerry on. West is there now. Foolishness like that. Yeah, I'm, I, listen, this is all on Doc Rivers about Chris Paul leaving right now. This is all Absolutely. on Doc Rivers. I told, I remember like I told you Paul, I got to go. You wasn't mm-hmm. trying to hear me, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You definitely said God, Doc has to go for a while, and I, and I didn't believe it. My issue with Doc was that he kind of burnt down CP3 in a way as well because mm-hmm. his, his problem was that he never staggered his two stars. He never staggered no. the minutes of Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, and that to me was Doc Rivers' ultimate downfall. He didn't get a chance to, to, to control the offense on their own, so it caused friction between them. On the court, there are many times Blake was just standing around, or Blake post up CP3 would just stand around. It's never, it's never going to work that way. You need consistent ball movement, consistent off ball movement, 
True. That's that's the only that's the only way you can beat teams like the Warriors. It's off it's off it's with off ball movement. You gotta have so constant I, action, hmm? constant motion. You gotta be able to be creative to beat the Warriors. You can't run nineteen ninety seven and two thousand seven half court sets and think you have a chance. They running the same yes. sets with JJ Reddick. He was running with Ray Allen in Boston, bro. It's not gonna work. Oh, the exact same. The exact yo, Josh. The exact <laughs> same set. You know I'm a big Ray Allen fan as well. So I, I know. literally know you every know single like. play that they run. And every time I saw I said, Wow, he is running the exact plays to a T and this is what from two thousand eight? My oh, man, this Come is on. about nine years. You think people haven't figured out that offense by now? He's been running that, that Utah Jazz-style offense. That's, that's the offense that Doc Rivers has been running. That's outdated right now. It's outdated. It's never going to work. So now, just look, we, I'm on Facebook Live, right? One of my conferences, my, home, my homeboy Mark says this about the trade. You drastically weaken one team while the other team will suffer the same fate. He believes that the trade overall is an irrelevant trade. What do you say to that? Irrelevant trade for both teams? Yeah, generally speaking, this trade means nothing is what he's saying. Mm, I would go more in the assumption that it was this was kind of a lateral move for CP3, but okay. I still feel like the jury's still out because I don't feel like right. the Rockets are done. As you heard before, they, they're tr- aggressively trying to go after Paul George. And, and the way Daryl Morey moves, the way he moves, he is likely to get his star. Because if you notice, he's not afraid to take chances. He took a chance on sure. Dwight, didn't work out, let him go. He took many chances, so I really feel him. I feel like he definitely will pull out all the stops to get a Paul George. And if they get those three, now that's an interesting pairing, my man. Very true. Clint Capella, Clint Capella, Clint Capella's a perfect center for them right now. He he doesn't require he doesn't do much. Run the floor, stay out the way. You know. Yeah, he's a De- DeAndre Light. He's DeAndre yes. Light, honestly. Or Javale and Golden State. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. I think that it is a lateral trade, but I believe that Styles make fights. And putting a point guard with D'Antoni is, is, is the ultimate cheat code. Look what he did with Jeremy Lin, you know? Yeah. So now you give them yeah. Chris Paul. Come on. It might, it, it might still be irrelevant at the end of the day, but at the very least, after the whole world, including Mark, you know who I'm talking about, complain about the mm-hmm. lack of competition, this trade mm-hmm. kind of gives you another team in the West to look at that, you know, if Golden State decides they want to get, you know, they want to get feel like, they full, their belly's full, they're okay, we don't need another chair. If they're not hungry, who's going to catch you slipping? You know what I mean? Exactly. So I, I can't say exactly. it's totally irrelevant. I can't, I don't agree to that. I believe that it makes things a little bit more interesting in the West. Um, Let's go to the East. Oh, it makes conference. it very interesting. Mm-hmm. Again, I woke up this morning, I go on Facebook, I go on Twitter, and I see Bozo Nation, excuse me, Nick Nation celebrating Phil Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> celebrating Phil Jackson. Firing or agreeing to leave or whatever we're going to call it because it feels like there's a lot of secrecy to the move of Phil Jackson no longer being a member of the Knicks. Um, I believe that that move, you know, it, it just is typical Knicks BS. If you were – Phil Jackson's been showing you his ass literally for months. <laughs> and you yep. wait until after the draft where he drafts LaFemme, Nikita, excuse me, whatever his name is, Frank, whatever. So it's just, Oh my God. Draft this guy to now fire him with a few days outside of free agency. The Knicks can never get anything right. You make a good move for the franchise to get rid of Phil, but you wait until now after he sabotaged you again. So, I mean, I don't have anything good to say about the Knicks organization. Maybe you can make sense of this move right now for the Knicks, Justin, because I don't, I don't see the point. 
Oh, I, I mean, I mean, it only makes it only, it only makes sense it only because, because it was needed. Needed, right? It was it was it was super needed. Super needed, needed to be done right now. Right now, the problem is that it was too late, too little, too late, as we know. But I mean, they messed up on the draft. They could have gotten Malik Monk, which they should have, or Dennis Smith Jr., both NBA yep. ready guards right now that can actually contribute. The league is this going. guy, exactly. This guy, Frank. Frank, a.k.a. No Name, whatever he is, he's a project. He's a development project in the making. And Knicks fans, get get ready for another five or ten years of another rebuild. You oh, know, wow. I guess they were trying to make this move because of free agency right now, and they feel like they wouldn't get a free agent with Phil Jackson at the helm, with him being the primary recruiter. But honestly, without right. him, you're not going to get a free agent right now either way. Nobody wants either to play for the Knicks. Nobody important wants to come to New York with or without Phil Jackson. Let's let's get a grip, Nick fan. Nobody wants to come to the Garden right now. It is what it is. Exactly. Exactly. And and look at the coach. They still have they still have Jeff Hornacek. I'm sorry, Jeff Hornacek is not cutting it. He's not cutting it. He he's not Jeff gonna. Hornacek. And who knows who knows if he really wants to run that triangle or not. You never know. Phil Jackson might have been in his ear these past two years, and maybe Jeff Hornacek is starting to like the triangle a little bit. You never know. Hopefully they're, they're, they're smart enough not like to run it anymore. If you're going to bring in a new head of basketball operations or a new GM or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call this deal, you have to fire Hornacek. The GM or the head of basketball yeah. ops is going to want to bring in his own guy, you know, so you have, you have to get rid of Jeff Hornacek, you know. And now when you draft Roderick Bobois, because how do we know this French dude is going to be any better than Bobois? You know what I mean? Like, like what, is it, what are they doing? <laughs> I really want to – and you know what's funny? I, I saw also a report today that they're still trying to trade Carmelo Anthony. They're still looking to trade him, that they didn't want to buy him out anymore, that that was the reason that the Knicks uh, organization fell apart with Dolan and Jackson was because of buyout talk. But still, they're still looking to move Melo. They're still looking to move oh, if he waives his no trade clause, but I don't see them moving Melo anymore. I don't see where Melo wants to go. Unless so in Houston. And now I'm confused. So you got rid of Phil because of how he was treating mm-hmm. the players, but then you're still going to trade Melo anyways? Like, with, exactly. I, I saw that. But, of course, we know Melo holds all the cards in, 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 this, in, this, in this part. He holds all the cards. And if you think about it, uh, Houston might make a little sense for him also. That might be a great landing spot for him, Houston. Think about yeah, it. They strike out on Paul George. But remember, the relationship with D'Antoni wasn't the greatest in New York. I'm not sure how – now you're giving D'Antoni three stars to try yeah. to coach? I don't know. He's too much – Mike D'Antoni's too much of a pushover to coach those three personalities, in my opinion. Well, but that, that's why he might go, because they know D'Antoni is a pushover. Because they know um, D'Antoni is a pushover. And just, just the way Cleveland is right now, when they had David Black, LeBron was, was fairly okay with that at first because he knew he could push him over. He knew he could control the offense and dictate what plays are going to be – are going to be drawn out at the time. When you look at a right. D'Antoni offense, he basically lets his players go. He basically gives them free reign, and, and, and Chris Paul is one of the best players to give free reign to, and James Harden as well. And it's all about Very scoring on, on, on that team right about now. It's all about scoring. And you know what? Now that I think about it, now that I think about it, when those guys played together on a redeem team, they kind of ran the D'Antoni yep. offense anyway. I think, wasn't D'Antoni like the offensive and, coordinator or something like that? Yes, and, and that's a hundred percent correct. They they ran the same exact offense, so that's how they. I know they're all familiar with this offense. They're all familiar with this offense, and that's a, a offense that's the style 
They love to run. See, that's a point guard's dream, as you said. That's True. A point guard's dream. True. Point guard's now, dream, another, and, and obviously. Mm-hmm. I got another comment from Facebook here. It says, the culture yeah. in Bozo Square Garden won't change until Dolan sells the franchise. And that Phil was is only a piece of the problem. To that you say. Yes. I agree. Agreed. I agree. Phil was only a part. He was a main problem. But remember, too, Phil was also a scapegoat in all of this. A lot of mm-hmm. the times, Dolan was behind the scenes pulling those strings, telling Phil, listen, this is what I want you to do. This is what I need done, and I need you to carry it out. Do you have True. the cachet or the confidence to, 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 to execute these orders that I'm giving you and deal with the backlash with it? And mm-hmm. Phil was the right person for that. He dealt. He was cool with the backlash he was getting. He really didn't care, honestly. So it, look how <laughs> look how Dolan treats his players. It's, yes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not laughing at Nick fans, but I am because Phil didn't care about anything Nick fans had to say about him. Man. He, 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 he didn't care at all, at all, John, at all. <laughs> now, what, you know, as you know, the stink of Nick, the stink of Nick is still there. The stink of Nick will never dissipate. Beef never dies. The beef of Dolan and Nick fans will never die. Never die. They are forgetting that Dolan is still there. He's just going to put another puppet master, another puppet in place to carry out his orders. As long as he's there, it does not matter what GM is there. Steve Mills really has no power. That might be the most powerless GM in the NBA. Steve Mills. Steve Mills is like Tom Hagen in The Godfather 2. Like, you're just there. And, and just stay there. <laughs> yeah, he's Don't move. In it. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he's, got, he's got face right now. Like, like, come on, man. Make a decision, my man. Make a strong decision. Yeah. I see nothing. And you know what kills me? Nothing out of You know what kills me? All of these Knicks are celebrating Mark Jackson. Excuse me, Mark Jackson. Phil Jackson being fired. <laughs> just a few years ago, they were, they were trying to get rid of Dolan. Then they forgot they hate Dolan because they hate Phil Jackson. Like, Knicks fans are comical to me. In a few weeks when the Knicks um, mess up again, then they'll be mad at James Dolan. Like, oh, shut up. Stop posting on Facebook and Twitter. Nobody cares. All you're going to do is be mad at whoever's in charge at the time. Like, nobody cares. You're just, you're just yeah, mad. Listen, exactly. I heard a lot of, I heard a lot of uh, Knicks to the playoffs next year talk happening oh, already. Today. already? I'm like, damn. I'm like, was Phil suiting up? Does Phil have on a jersey that I didn't know? Still playing. No, you didn't. Next to the playoffs? I, I, job, I swear to you. They're like, oh, well, Phil Jackson going. Now we're going to make the right moves. And now it's playoffs finally for the Knicks next year. They, oh, they think it was only God. Phil Jackson was the only reason they didn't make the playoffs. Yo. No, man. This is what kills me about them. Knicks fans are bungee jumpers. Like, that's their hobby. They jump out of every window that's in front of them, bro. Every move they make is championship, playoffs, this, that. You know, just just cut the crap. All we saw is Joe Jackson buying Dolan some time to put an album together with his band while nobody paid attention. That's what it was. <laughs> it, was. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, the last I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just I was just saying that I understand the Knicks fans' appetite for success. I understand. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. But 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 now, I mean. You're going to have to be patient once again because KP Porzingis is not enough to get you to the playoffs. I'll tell you that right no, now. No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. 
And Melo's trade value is still so low, thanks to Phil Jackson, that you can't expect much. If they're smart, they better call up Boston right now and be like, yo, look, what's up with some of them picks? We still got Melo. You need Melo. Hello, because Danny AJ ain't doing anything. But um, last question before we get out of here, man. I, I, I had a Freudian subject now, and I was talking about Phil Jackson and Mark Jackson and so on and so forth, and now I'm seeing it circulate that the Knicks should really consider Mark Jackson for their head coaching position. In the event oh, yes. that they keep Melo, what do you think about Mark Jackson coming back home to New York as head coach? Oh, listen, you know I'm a big Mark Jackson fan. I've been advocating yeah. for Mark Jackson to come back to the Knicks for so long. I think the Knicks with the New York fan base, they need a coach with a certain type of demeanor, with a more a more of a, a, a aggressive manner, if you will say, a more with some more of a cachet who can resonate True. to the players, who, who's going to have a system and who the players respect enough to 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 carry out his offensive system or any defensive system. If you look at Mark Jackson, he he was primarily a, a, a defensive coach, if I'm not mistaken. So all all coaches now or all systems, you have to you have to establish a defensive identity first and foremost, or else there's no success. Other than Dan Tony, Dan Tony's about the only coach who can get away with that. And I feel like Mark Jackson to New York, New York would be excellent, and I think that yeah. would allow maybe a free agent to go there. You know what? As as much as I kick Mark Jackson more often than not, I can't say I disagree. The Knicks, even with Dolan and his money hungry self, they are overdue for a culture change in the worst way. Yes. Melo needs yes. a grown man as his head coach. When he had Mark, uh, Mike yes. Woodson in there, Mike Woodson was a grown man who wasn't afraid to speak his yep. mind and speak his piece about what was going on. So I can't yep. I agree. If if you're gonna move on from soft spoken Hornacek, why not bring in Mark Jackson? At this point, you've been losing so long. You have nothing to lose in paying another coach if Mark Jackson doesn't work out. But I believe that Mark Jackson does work out if he comes to New York. I feel like Mark Jackson has learned from his mistakes in, in, in Golden State, realized that as much as you need defense, you still have to coach offense. And with Carmelo, you have one of the best offensive players in the world. Why not? If you get Derrick Rose back, why not? You know what I mean? Exactly. But why not? Honestly, that, that, that might work. It was because of the system why they couldn't go anywhere this year. And honestly, having – I don't mean to throw race into this, but having a black coach also yeah. gives you a certain level of respect and a level of cachet yeah. that resonates to the players on your franchise, having that kind of a coach. It's all about this the perception, true. and Mark Jackson gives off a, a great perception. Perception. You make a valid so, point, man. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to bring race into it, but it does play a factor. Race is unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Because you think about it. As soon as David Black was moved out and you brought in Tyrone, yep. the minute he yep. became head coach, LeBron's respect level for his head coach instantly went through the roof. And a lot of that had to oh. do with this a strong black dude that's not afraid to yep. speak the same lingo that LeBron speaks. It matters. Exactly. 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 You have to have, you have, to have a certain level of yeah. My man, I got to let you go. No We're gonna problem, do this my again. brother. We're going to do this again real soon. But I was like, yo, we can't let this, this – we, we have to get this off. It can't wait till Monday or Tuesday or something like that. We have to do this right <laughs> now. I appreciate you for making the time to come on here and, and, and letting the Clippers have it. You still went a little easier. Now. I know you saving, I know you're saving the, the good stuff above the rim. So let oh, me know what it is. For those who don't know about a buzz room, before I let you go, let my Facebook Live audience know where they can find that show. Oh, listen. I need y'all to all check out Above the Rim. It's a 
a brand-new NBA show. It's an entertaining and informative podcast. My man, Joff, has been on plenty episodes with me. Great back-and-forth banter, great instrumentals in the back to soothe for your earlobes, and great NBA talk. Make sure y'all go check it out. That's the first room on iTunes, Stitcher, all of that. Check that out. There you have it, my brother, Justin Lee. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, thank you for having me, my brother. I appreciate it. Any time, man. You already know. You'll be back soon. We got we we have a discussion that we need to have about Chris Paul and Ray Allen and so on and so forth. So you'll be back. We we, we got to talk about oh, it. Yeah. Oh have yeah. And, and look out for me unleashing unleashing the beast on above the rim on Monday, man. <laughs> oh man, I'm, yo, I'm tuning in. I might be at the studio just to get it live, bro. I'm not even gonna hold you up. <laughs> <laughs> you you might have to, man. You might have to. <laughs> All right, man, peace. All right, peace. There you have it, Facebook Live. Justin Lee, upset Clipper fan, has no love for the Knicks. I don't care that Phil Jackson got moved. It means nothing. It's still the Knicks, but I'm out of here. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.